it, it may not be the right thing for everybody, but I think it's the right thing for everybody to have a conversation about. It's not going to go away. These vehicles are there. Like I said, three to five years away, they're, they're going to be in our shop with no manufacturer warranty. We're not going to be able to get away from it forever. Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm joined by Matt Lofton, the owner of Strut Daddy in Roxborough, North Carolina. If you recall, Matt was featured in the April 2023 story, Is It Time to Invest in an EV Charger? Uh, in this interview, we dive into that with Matt and we talk about his investment in EV charging. We look at how should shops approach getting an EV charger? What was the process of locating a charger? What types of chargers are available? What fees are associated in the purchase? How does installation and setup work? And lastly, determining whether or not you actually need an EV charger right now. Uh, Matt's a big believer in giving the technology a job, which he has found for it at his shop, but you may not be ready for that yet. So Matt's gonna explain how he decided to buy an EV charger. And maybe that's your reason too. This episode of Ratchet and Wrench Radio is sponsored by Ford Motorcraft. Motorcraft parts are premium replacement parts designed, engineered, and recommended for Ford and Lincoln vehicles. They're tested to provide performance and long life reliability, and they're 20,000 active parts strong with a deep inventory that includes wiper blades, brakes, batteries, spark plugs, fluids, and more. If you want to have the right parts for getting your customers back on the road quickly, we have your back. See your Ford Certified Parts Wholesale Dealer for more details. And now, back to the show. Well, hey, welcome to Ratchet & Wrench Radio, Matt. Hey, thank you for having me, Chris. Absolutely. So you're the owner of Strut Daddy in Roxborough, North Carolina. What metro area is Roxbury near? So Roxborough, North Carolina, we're about 45 minutes north of uh, Research Triangle Park, in, which is Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill in North Carolina. Okay, cool. So tell us about the shop. So yeah, so we've been, uh, we opened... Opened in 2016 in October, uh, so we're seven years into it now. It's eight bays, uh, seven lifts, and I, we're up to nine employees at the moment. And it's been a it's, it's been a, a blessing and a journey for me and my family, and uh, we've we've enjoyed it and had had continual growth each year and and continue to look forward to, to growth in the future. So last October, you know, in one of our toolboxes in the Ratchet and Rich magazine, you talked about investing $1,000 to install a level two charger. Uh, what moved the needle for you? Like what made you sure that that was the right time to install an EV charger? I think when COVID happened, it allowed us an opportunity to, you know, kind of sit down and reflect and see how the landscape was changing, um, especially with the manufacturers and the OEs and, and what they were putting out for new vehicles. And obviously as a aftermarket independent um, patient, we're, we're going to be 10 years behind probably what the, what the current trend is for today for the manufacturers. But at the same time, we want it to be, I believe, an early adoption for the uh, improvement of process and the, the training side of things. So the writing was, it wasn't even on the wall. I think we're kind of getting smacked in the face with it. Every single TV ad that you see from Ford, Cadillac, Chevrolet, you know, whoever you want to you know, whoever you want to pick there, that, that electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles are going to be the trend for the you know foreseeable future for new vehicles. And with us not, you know, being in the independent world, I looked at that and said, okay, we, we need to try to get ahead of this um, and, and get comfortable with these, uh, with the systems, with the technology, uh, with the internal processes that we need to have with the tooling uh, to be able to, um, to adapt when the time comes to be profitable when the wave starts to 
you know, kind of makes sense for the independent world. Now you're in a rural area though, right? That, that's kind of an ambitious jump, right? And, and it is. Uh, we are in a rural area. And, and, and I would say in, in all reality, it'll probably be, you know, most of these vehicles won't come into our store for probably the next 10 or 15 years. Um, so, I mean, I don't expect it to be, a, you know, 50% of our business, you know, anytime soon necessarily. But, but I also look at it and say, you know, there's lots of things that um, have happened over the last, you know, seven years that, that we've been in business that even though it wasn't profitable when we first started it, since we started it earlier, uh, when it did get to the point where it started trickling in, um, number one, we could take it. And so we become the trusted place in the area to to be that we call ourselves a dealer alternative. And so we're able to handle those things. Again, it allows us to refine the process internally. It allows us to train on it and it allows us to not miss out on an opportunity to to be able to service those vehicles. And on top of that, even if we don't get a ton of them in, at this point in time, especially locally here, everybody that owns uh, an electric or hybrid vehicle usually also owns a standard gasoline or diesel vehicle, you know, that we can service. So if I can, if I can get a client to come in because, um, because we're the only place locally that they can take their vehicle to for, for something special, then I also get the normal vehicle, so to speak, um, you know, their standard gasoline vehicle to, to do the repairs and maintenance on as well. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's more of a long game strategy. It's about positioning yourself for the future, essentially. Yeah. And it's, so it's about positioning ourselves for the future. It's about growing our internal team, especially your talented technicians. They're going to get stale and stagnant if we're just doing the same thing all the time. Uh, and they get frustrated if they have something come in that they haven't had training on. It's it's a frustration for them. So that way it kind of, it gets them ahead of the curve a little bit. They feel confident when those things come in. It allows our service advisors to be confident when it, when somebody brings in a vehicle like that, that we can take care of it. Even though it hasn't driven a ton of volume, you know, our way uh, at this point in time, it's been a great conversation piece, you know, internally in the shop. It's been a great conversation piece for our, you know, for our clients. Um, and it has, and it has had some dollars and cents impact to us already. And so are you guys training on electric now? Or have, you, have you guys begun doing more training on that? Yep. So our, uh, we have a diagnostic only technician um, and, and his, his name is Joe. Joe is phenomenal. He has actually just completed the AMI uh, certification course for electric and hybrid vehicles. So it's, cool. it's over 80 hours of self-paced training, uh, but, it, but it is a, it's, to my knowledge, it's the only industry recognized certification for hybrid and electric vehicles. Okay. So how did you approach shopping for an EV charger? Kind of walk us through your process. So we were looking for something that, number one, wasn't going to break the bank. It, it may not be, you know, the $20,000 supercharger, but something that was going to allow us that if we had a vehicle in, um, that we could get it to it. Because a lot of times, a lot of the service starts with, does the hybrid or electric battery have a good state of charge to begin with? Because you can't proceed with testing, much like a standard battery system, if it, you can't test the battery if the battery's dead. So we wanted to be able to at least be able to charge and maintain while we were doing other services. And so we kind of looked at what was out there on the market and, and realized that the, uh, for what was out there, the top down was a, a good solution for that. And it, it's, it's done what we needed it to do. And, and so, so far we haven't had any issues with it. This episode of Ratchet and Wrench Radio is sponsored by Ford Motorcraft. Motorcraft parts are premium replacement parts designed, engineered, and recommended for Ford and Lincoln vehicles. They're tested to provide performance and long life reliability, and they're 20,000 active parts strong with a deep inventory that includes wiper blades, brakes, batteries, spark plugs, fluids, and more. If you want to have the right parts for getting your customers back on the road quickly, we have your back. 
See your Ford certified parts wholesale dealer for more details. And now back to the show. So what do shops need to know about selecting the right EV charger for them? Sure. So I, I think number one, it, it's um, a lot of it's dependent on, on what your reasoning for having the EV charger is. Um, if you're trying to monetize it and, and set it up as a fast charge location for people to come into your store, then the one that we have is probably not going to be the right option for you because it's, it, the, the charge time is too long for, uh, for that to be a, a viable option. Uh, that you'd want to get into a, a, a stage three charger and that's a little bit more expensive. If you're, if you're like us and you just need it there for, uh, for vehicle services and if it arises that you actually need it. I mean, if, if you think about it this way, I have a gas can here at the shop in case somebody brings a vehicle in for testing and they don't have any gas in the car. We got to go put gas in it. Right. So I look at the EV charger that we have kind of in a similar way. If we do have one in for uh, customer concern, it needs testing and that state of charge is low. I, you know, now my technician can't go do a test drive. We can't let the vehicle run in the bay to re- recreate the symptom, whatever the situation is. That allows us to complete that service and uh, or repair without having to worry about the electric or hybrid battery, you know, being an issue or a barrier. Um, so I think that's kind of you know what you need to think about is is you know if if I was in a, a downtown heavy heavy metropolitan area and everybody was driving electric or hybrid vehicles, a stage three charger might you know might have some value to you and you could stick it out there and allow it to be a place for people to stop by and charge and. It brings notoriety to your, you know, to your location and, you know, could potentially bring in a customer. Um, for us, it's just, it's, it's, we look at it as a necessity to complete a repair service. And what are the associated fees with getting an EV charger? Um, honestly, the, the only other add-on fee that we had other than the, the cost of the unit itself um, was having the unit installed. I'm sure that there are individuals out there that are competent enough to install it at, uh, you know, on their own. Uh, we hired an electrician to come in and, and make sure that we weren't going to have an issue with it. So uh, it is a 50 amp charger. So it does need a 50 amp dedicated wire, you know, going to a, going to your circuit breaker. Um, so the, the cost of the wire, the conduit and the, and the um, installation fee was, um, it was minimal, but that, that was the only other cost that we had. And so what have you learned or discovered, if anything, about, you know, having an EV charger at the shop? I know you talked about just it's a conversation piece and you guys have used it for diagnostics. I mean, for diagnostics. But what other things have you discovered or learned about just having it at the shop? Well, like I said, I think, number one, it, it, was, a, it was a commitment on my behalf to the team that we were going to be prepared for electric vehicles. So um, after getting it, you know, our, our, our team kind of got interested in knowing more about um, electric vehicles, hybrid vehicles. So again, it sparked that internal conversation for us, and it kind of was the the kick in the pants, so to speak, to for us to really know what we were talking about there, both at the counter and at the at the technical level with the technician. Um, and then, like I said, we'll have uh, vendors that come in and drop off a part, and they see it and they ask what it is, and uh, we get to tell them, and now they know. So the guy at Advanced Auto, he knows if somebody comes in with a hybrid or electric vehicle, and they they got customer has questions about it, they say, hey, just go over there and see Strut Daddies, and they'll take care of you because they know that we service that. And same thing with clients as well. They'll come in and, you know, we get to have that conversation and show them. And, and uh, so it's, and it's, like I said, it's probably been more of, of that for us so far than it has been a, a usable tool, but that was enough to kind of get the ball rolling in, into, um, into that world. And so, you know, you talk about it being the kick in the pants for your, your team. Does sure. it make it more real for them that this is what's coming down the pipeline for them? And does it get them more excited about wanting to train? Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, that's nobody wants to do something 
nobody from a technician standpoint they don't want to get involved in something that they know that they either don't have the training or the tooling to be able to do and so when they see me invest in that as an owner then they know that hey it's a priority for me and it's a priority for the business um and you know who doesn't like playing with cool <laughs> you know new toys you know so when they get the new toy in so to speak you know we want to know more about it how it works what we can do with it and then so that, that's again like i said that's what kind of sparked that that internal curiosity the service advisors want to know a little bit more about it and how to have that conversation with the you know with the client and uh, so it was like i said that was kind of the first step there that precipitated that forward motion into the the hybrid and electric vehicles and so what else should shop owners know about investing in an ev charger well, I think, uh, you know, number one, again, you know, pick your use of it. You know, what are you using it for? Um, understand the market that you're in is, 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 are you already in that, in that world already? Um, and what I mean by that is even if you're not servicing those vehicles, if you can stand outside and you can count 10 Teslas that drive by your store every day, you're in that world. You're just not, you're just not taking advantage of it. And so, and that, I think that helps pick which, you know, which one you need once I have a budget for it have an intended use for it, uh, use it as a conversation piece for your team. And then, then you have to do the follow-up side of it, which is the training and then the other support tools that you need for the uh, service and repairs for them. Um, but I, I think that, again, it's an inexpensive way to get that ball rolling and it allows you to kind of have that conversation internally and, and everybody kind of knows that, okay, we've invested in it. It's coming. What do we, what else do we need to do? And Matt, do you recommend that all shops get on the EV charging game now? Do you feel like that we're at a point where all shops should at least consider having one? I would recommend having the conversation. Um, I think it also comes down to what skill level you have in the shop and what your commitment to continuing education is and, and trying to be technology forward uh, for, for the new, uh, new vehicles that are coming out. But the answer is, it, it may not be the right thing for everybody, but I think it's the right thing for everybody to have a conversation about. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, cause it's, it's not going to go away. These, these vehicles are there. Like I said, three to five years away, they're, they're going to be in our shop with no manufacturer warranty. Um, and we're not going to be able to get away from it forever. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Yep, and I appreciate having you on the show, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.